Good morning. Can I just say if your name is Ian and you have a moustache, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's got nothing about you. But it's been a, a great morning, hasn't it? Just good to be together and feel the energy of people who are thankful. Let's pray. Lord God, we are thankful. We've said lots of things to you and, um, and we've sung. And now we really want to listen to your word as you speak to us. And I pray you would open up our ears that we might hear truth, open up our minds and our hearts. If this is true, convict us. May it have that ring of truth about it for all here. I know you're mighty to save and we need a saviour. So would you do a work in our hearts today, all of us, Lift our eyes that we might see you, Jesus, high and lifted up. We want to be people that know an inexpressible and glorious joy that's real in our lives. So we're praying for that to be manifest amongst us. May your word inspire that in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but saving humankind from certain oblivion has become somewhat passe. Every superhero worth their salt has saved the world from impending destruction. And you know these days with Marvel on a good run, there's no shortage of superheroes to come. But let's just remember something. Easter is real. Marvel is make-believe. Jesus actually saved the world. Jesus actually heroically gave his life in our place on that Roman cross 2,000 years ago. Ask the historians. It happened. He dived in the way of the Mack truck of God's wrath coming straight for us. The Bible says he went down into hell completely cut off from God the Father, cosmically, eternally separated from life and hope. Yet he was not without hope. He always planned it this way. He had to die. He had to take our punishment so that we could avoid the punishment we deserved for our sins. He who was without sin became sin for us. And like the all-time most glorious superhero that he is, he burst forth from the grave on the third day as he said he would, beating death, defeating sin, crushing Satan and the angels in heaven went wild with joy. And maybe we should too. Today's message is about joy and one more time, he is risen. <clears throat> because Jesus rose from the grave, you and I can access 24-7 joy. It's not lost on me that that sounds naive and cliched and churchy. But because Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says we who have faith in Christ can access 24-7 joy. The old King James Bible says that Peter called it in 1 Peter 1-8, joy unspeakable. That's got a ring about it, hasn't it? Joy unspeakable. 
unspeakable, the modern translations say, an inexpressible and glorious joy, the Apostle Peter is saying, when you understand what it means for your life now and forever, that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has paid for our sin and risen from the grave and ascended to heaven and sent his Spirit to show us how to live, then there is a joy unspeakable available, 24-7 joy, because no one can take it away. This morning on this Resurrection Sunday, we're going to think about 24-7 joy. And we do raise the question, is that even possible? It's hard to find what that even looks like, joy unspeakable, let alone feel it ourselves. I wonder where you'd go if you wanted to find the most powerful graphic representation. Where could you go other than these little people? Peter writes in 1 Peter 1, 3, the reason for this joy unspeakable in verse 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. New birth. The babies can laugh without restraint because they haven't experienced what we've experienced. Also, they, they can't speak. <laughs> so they just sort of laugh and do other things. But It is true those beautiful little people haven't encountered the disappointments of life that we have. The cynicism that emerges through betrayal and failure. They just laugh. They just experience unbridled joy and they learn when they do that at some point you have to breathe. (laughs) The book of John in the third chapter describes putting our faith in Jesus as being born again, like a baby, again. Faith in Christ, literally trusting Jesus for your past and your future and your present, gives us access to new life, a fresh start. It's what Christianity is all about, a reformat of life by the Spirit of God. The disciple John describes it as rebirth right at the start of his gospel, the gospel of John. Let me read from John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he, God, gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, a totally fresh start, born again. Notwithstanding the fact that there are more important issues for us to be concerned about than cricket, I know this and agree, yet the recent scandal in the Australian cricket team is a poignant reminder that sometimes we all just wish we had a rewind button we could press on life, yes? In fact, they were the words Steve Smith, the captain, said. He said, I just wish I could press rewind Have you ever done something as stupid as deciding to tamper with a ball when you have 30 highly skilled professional cameramen watching everything you're doing as a team? Well, I've got a really strong feeling that you might be like me. And yes, you have done that. Yes, we've done things that shock ourselves. We've done things that make no sense in life. They've come from wrong motives. We've disappointed ourselves. 
and our parents and others and we disappoint God, we've offended God and we stand condemned. And we wish we could press rewind, but we can't. The gospel, the death and resurrection of Jesus, believed in by faith, gives each one of us not only a rewind button, but a fresh start button, a born-again button. Faith in Christ means that you are now found in Christ and whatever he deserves, you deserve. By faith, we get everything he gets. He's perfect before the Father in heaven, so you're perfect before the Father in heaven and so am I. That's not a bad deal, is it? We get what he deserved by faith. And he got what we deserved. I'd say it's worthy of a little joy. Peter thought so. He wrote this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth, which we've just talked about, into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter says, if you thought that being born again was a joy bringer. How about the hope of being born again again? The Bible says that everyone who puts their trust in Jesus not only gets to start again in this life, born again, but has a living hope of being resurrected after death as Jesus was with a brand new restart body and life in the new creation. That's worthy of joy. Jesus rose again. And he got a new body, resurrection class body, 1 Corinthians says. And the Bible says that so will we, through death, by faith, be born again, again. The first born again is about transformation. The second born again is about glorification. And we get to keep that body for eternity. Peter goes on to say, we're praising God because we're looking forward to an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Imagine your family ran a very successful business and you've worked hard all your life in this business and it was just... Um, accepted that you, you would inherit the business and, and you enjoyed working for the family um, but then you came upon rough times and a recession hit and the, the business tanked and you went bankrupt. This could happen to any of us. And you actually lose the inheritance that you expected to receive. Peter says there's joy in following Jesus because your inheritance is already kept in heaven safer than any bank, any stock market, any property that you might have invested in. It's kept in heaven for you. I hope you're starting to feel the enormity of the freedom that is found in Christ, the scope of the joy that is available. Think about this. All of our sin washed away. I'll say that again because that's really bad to have that just said and not feel. <laughs> all, all, nothing left, completely guiltless, all of our sin washed away 
our future secured, our eternity locked in, faith in Christ, we are living forever. Can you see why someone might say it's all good from here on in? Amen? It's all good. Nothing can touch you in Christ if you're in Christ forever. I woke up this morning and said, Lord, thank you so much. I get to talk about this story and I'm going to live with you forever. And whatever goes bad from this day on, I can't control it, but I know I'm going to be with you forever. It's all good. It's all good. Have you found in life it's hard to beat a, uh, a specialist report from a doctor that comes back positive when you fear it might have been negative? I'm thinking, what are some of the experiences we have in life that are joy bringers? And uh, I've spoken to a lot of people over the years who can relate to this. Several years ago, I, I felt these chest pains. And they, they were those sort of chest pains that you say to your wife, I'm going up to the hospital and she says, really, it's probably indigestion. I'm like, no, this is, there's something about this that's made me really scared. I'm going to go up and get them to check me out. And as you would have found out if you've done this, if you go into emergency and you say you have chest pains and it feels like someone's sitting on your chest, they go, come through, sir. <laughs> um, they take it seriously. And any, anyway, without going into all the details, it took a weekend to get to the final specialist to work out whether... This was really bad. And when it's the first time it's happened to you, I had a weekend of, of trying to get out of my ruminating head and the crying in the shower saying, I'm going to die a death that's way too young. And it was a rough weekend. And then we saw the specialist and as much as they can, he assured me um, he thought I was going to be okay. And we went for a walk on the beach that night and it's, it's an understatement to say I felt joy, I felt light. I, I felt this sense of oh, relief. And you know what I'm describing? If you are in Christ, that means you've put faith in him. You're a Christian. You now today have that joy multiplied to infinity. Amen. I mean, it's all good from here on in everything's secured our sin washed away joy unspeakable born again born again again inheritance in heaven that's untouchable yet Peter writes this in all this you greatly rejoice though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials so they're going through some tough stuff these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. In 2010, I stood in a stone tunnel and I literally held back the tears as I, as I thought about what happened in this tunnel 2,000 years ago. This was a tunnel leading into the amphitheatre at Ephesus. You may have been there. But as I stood there, I recalled what the historians have told us, that people paid money to come to that amphitheatre to see Christians torn apart by wild animals on the stage that that tunnel took me to. And you know, the people, the church that Peter is writing to here in the first century, when he says... 
I know you've had to suffer some trials. Suffer some trials. He's talking to a church who have had people torn apart by wild animals. These are not insignificant trials, grieves that these people are dealing with. All over the world in the 21st century, there are Christians who are suffering horrendous persecution just because they are Christians. And you would have every right to say, how dare I say this morning following Jesus is about 24-7 joy. How dare you say that? Don't you know the suffering that's going on in the world for people who love Jesus and are supposedly filled with this joy? The reason I say it is because Peter said it. Peter says there is an unspeakable joy available to every believer who truly understands what they believe no matter what the trial. He's not mucking around. No matter what the trial. Born again, born again again. Inheritance forever. Nothing in this world can rob that joy if you can truly find it. It's been said that life is less about mountains and valleys and more about a railway track. Whereas on one side of the track, things are really great in life. And right on the other side of the track, concurrently, it's really bad. It's less, oh, all good, all good, all bad, all bad. Things are great and things are hard at the same time. I think of the disciple who penned the words, Peter. This idea of having joy in the midst of trial. I think it's probably fair to say that Peter knows what it's like to live in the juxtaposition of joy and sorrow, do you think? Think about Peter, his life, the sort of stuff he got up to. One day, as odd as it sounds, Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter says, Lord, can I come out to you? I'd love to do that. He keeps his eyes up and he has this exhilaration of jumping out and walking on the water, the Sea of Galilee, and he's walking towards Jesus filled with joy and he looks back and he says, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. What are you sinking about? No, he's just sinking. He's sinking and he has this sense of hero and helpless failure. In Matthew 16, Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? You remember what Jesus, uh, Peter said back? He got it right. He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, wow, that's amazing. God gave you that revelation. I could build a church on a revelation like that. And then very soon after, Peter is so filled, brimming with confidence. He says, no, Lord, you never need to go to the cross. And what does Jesus say back to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. He goes from head of the class to the bottom of the class. He knows what it's like and of course they are nothing compared to what's to come. Master, I will never deny you. I will never abandon you. Jesus looks him in the eye and says, Peter, you will before the cock crows. You'll deny me three times. And he does. He abandons his Lord. He knows what it's like to fail, but he also knows what it's like to eat fish with the master after the resurrection and be told that the master loves him, be told, mate, be a shepherd for me. Go and love people in my name. And who got the Guernsey to preach the first spirit-empowered sermon at Pentecost? Failure Peter. He failed the master, but after Pentecost, when the Spirit was given to the church, he preached and 3,000 people got saved. I think he understands the dilemma and the tension of joy mixed with failure and suffering in a fallen world. 
So have you failed this morning on this Easter? Has it been a long time since you felt joy? Have you been disappointed by others? And you can't get past it. Jesus paid the cost. We talked about this on Friday. He paid the cost on the cross for you and he says you're free. You can be free from your own guilt. And also, if, you, if you're smart, you'll let those people that have hurt you off from your hook and let them go because they're guilty as well. How, how do I access this freedom, this joy? Now, the answer sounds really strange because you sort of think that must be hard because it sounds amazing. You know the answer, you believe the Easter story is true. Hallelujah. You believe. The Easter story is true. You, you believe. You believe the story ends with Jesus winning and because he wins, you and I win. Peter wrote that these trials have come, verse 7, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. The Bible says Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. So if you put faith in Christ today, the Bible promises us that you'll meet him again. You'll either die and meet him, so it's all good, or he's actually going to turn up in, in the flesh in the second coming and wrap this whole place up and if you're alive then or I'm alive we'll see him then so we'll meet him when we die or we'll meet him when he returns either way it's joy 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 when someone is born again by faith in Christ they know they'll be born again again in the resurrection with a new body for a new world a life that no one can take away from them that's hope that's joy filled hope so honestly, what's stealing your joy right now? Why is it that we can so quickly relate to 24-7 joy? Yeah, pff, as if. We all agree. Why is that? Is it health that's stealing your joy? Is it relationships that is stealing your joy? Is it finances that are stealing your joy? Anxiety, guilt, failure, stress, put them all in context. You're going to live forever. Put them in context. You're going to live forever. Or are you? Or are you? John 3.16 says that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If your faith is in Christ, everything we've talked about that is a joy giver is yours. You're going to live forever and that's an amazing thing in a, in a world that has no sin. But the converse is tragically true. This is the truth. Whosoever does not believe in him will perish and will miss out on everlasting life. Because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and the wage, the consequence of sin is death brings me no joy in reading that out, in stating it, but it's the truth we believe the Bible teaches. I commend you in 2018, this Easter, don't put it off. 
Put your trust in Jesus Christ with all the weight of your life. Believe in Jesus. And the Bible says you will live forever. Born again. Born again, again in the next. And with an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Life everlasting. Peter finishes with these words. If you're struggling, even hearing that, these, these are the words he finishes with. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Because he's writing to a church that came after Jesus. Many of these people never met Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. This is a faith step that we're talking about today. If you're sitting here going, I don't know, I don't know if I could believe in Jesus. It seems like you've got to take a step of faith. Yep. Can I remind you, whatever you're believing about the big picture of life, history, where the world is heading, you're taking a faith step to get there. We're encouraging you in the name of Jesus, take a faith step towards Jesus based on the truth of the Bible and the testimony of the lives you see around you. Do you know a Christian who you go, you know what, it's real for them? Because God is real and his spirit will change you as the spirit of God has changed us. He writes, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. There is a superhero who loves you and he has rescued you. Hallelujah. And he doesn't live in the Marvel world of superheroes. He came to your world and he lived our life and he showed us the way to his world, which is heaven and the new creation. His name is Jesus and he is risen. 24-7 joy is available. It's yours to receive by faith. If this is pretty new to you or today, you know something is just tapping you on the shoulder saying, You've switched off long ago, but whatever this bloke at the front was saying, it's just blah, 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 blah. But the Spirit of God is talking to you saying, you need to get right with me. Can I encourage you, go to our website. It's called northernlife.org.au. And go across to the right at the top and go down Bible and it'll have Alpha. Alpha, they get, they're, on, they're, they're free. The Alpha course is a fantastic way to understand in your time at home with no pressure. Go through those videos. And keep asking the question, God, are you real and do you care? Are you there? Did you do something for me? Do you love me? Is there a meaning in life? Don't walk away this Easter and just go, well, whatever, whatever. That's what Steve Smith did and look what it got him to, into. Oh, it should be right, she'll be right. It won't be right. It won't be right. You've got to get right with God. Seriously. The band want to come up? Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you so much that we live in this tension that's real. We see it in the Bible, the tension of failure and grace, and we see it in our lives. Lord, we see it in that character on the screen, Ian, pointing fingers and judging others. God, none of us could do that. None of us deserve your grace, and we're thankful that you've made a gift available that can be received freely. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love everyone in this room more than us. And you seek and save lost people because you're the true hero. So would you seek and save? 
Would you restore joy to those of us who need it, who have been living joyless lives for so long, and the desire of our heart is to feel true joy? Would you give us a joy that is unspeakable because our eyes could be open to see the truth? Amen. Amen.